Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Love Letters and Mixtapes, or send me an email at loveLettersAndMixtapes at gmail.com. This week, I wanted to explore relationships, and I very specifically want to highlight a particular dynamic that I think most of us are probably pretty familiar with, and what we are talking about today is the overlooked, invisible, filler person in relationships. And when I say relationships, that can be friendships, romantic partnerships, colleagues or employees in the workplace, or in our family dynamics. So what does this dynamic look like? In this dynamic, there's probably one person who regularly finds themselves investing time and energy and emotional labor in relationships, only to realize that this effort isn't reciprocated, but it is very often expected and it is received from the other person with zero self-reflection. Now, this can look different for all of us and all of our specific dynamics, but I do like to give a few examples that you might be able to relate to. The filler person or that overlooked person is usually the person that is always reaching out and checking on people and asking about other people's lives and milestones and celebrating things and they're checking in on this person's relationship or how they're doing at work or what's going on in their family or how they're feeling physically. This person is very often seen as the backup plan. Maybe they are not in the central friend group, but they're the person who gets invited when someone else can't show up. And maybe they're also seen as a resource. They are the person that can help figure things out. They're the person that someone else can go to when they have drama or trauma or they're struggling or they feel under-resourced or insecure and they need someone that they can trust who can also comfort and soothe them and encourage them and help them dig themselves out of a hole. Now, someone can hear that and say, well, that sounds like a really trusting relationship. That sounds really beautiful that people feel like they can come to you in their worst moments, in their insecurity. And it is a really interesting and paradoxical role, this person that everyone comes to when they have a problem, yet is simultaneously overlooked and perceived as only there when they are needed or it is convenient. And this dual identity is very challenging to navigate when you are wanting intimate, close, vulnerable, authentic relationships, and it feels very one-sided. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yes, it feels amazing to be the reliable confidant, the keeper of secrets, but it does not feel good to be relegated to the sidelines. Now, for some of us, we're probably having an aha moment where we feel really seen and heard because we are the background filler friend, the invisible overlooked person, the one that people just tap into for a resource or to feel better about themselves. And maybe that's a really difficult thing to navigate as we come into consciousness around it. And for others, maybe there's a realization that, oh, I do that to people. I am constantly expecting emotional labor and resources from specific people in my life. And there's confusion around it because I'm not looking at this as one person's bad and one person's good. There's probably a lot of confusion because if we are the person who needs help, we're feeling that there's this intense trust, this bond, this heightened emotional state that we feel with this other person, this filler friend. But the filler friend doesn't feel that way. They're wondering why you never reach out to them in moments of joy or to celebrate things or for a night out or to celebrate a holiday or a birthday. And that very one-sided trusting relationship is pretty fragile. And for anyone who's still really confused about this dynamic or feels like I didn't explain it very well, I can sum it up pretty quickly. I am always seen as the filler friend for many reasons, and it has been something that I've had to work on so much in my adult life to step out of that role and to identify and enforce boundaries. But what it looks like in my life is when someone never checks in on me, never reaches out, never has a kind word or congratulation or or even a like on social media. They've got nothing for me. But I'm the first person they think of when they experience some traumatic or stressful situation. And they call me up and they pour their heart out. They are vomiting fear and insecurity and emotion. And it feels so intense for them. And I listen and I ask questions and I empathize and I encourage them. Maybe I identify resources. And they get to the end of the conversation and they say, oh, yeah, and um, so how are you? How are things with you? And it's this really flippant afterthought. And it's a way to make them feel okay for having tasked you with all of this emotional labor. And it just leaves the filler friend feeling completely invisible and completely empty because the person asking is just checking their watch They're just checking it off the list. Like, oh, I have to ask about how you're doing because I've just poured my heart out and I told you about my marriage, my kids, my family, my job. And I have to check in with you because it would be really awkward if I just vomited on you and ended the conversation. So I think I've set the stage for this topic. And I do not believe 
that relationships and connections happen in a vacuum, and I don't believe that they are all or nothing, that they are only on one person's shoulders, but I am talking about this because maybe some of us are not conscious of how we are showing up in relationships or how we are being treated or how we treat others. So this is not an accusation. It's an invitation to reflect on how am I approaching my relationships and who is the person in my life that I go to with all of my trauma, my fear, my stress. And I'm going to encourage you to pause for a moment and think about it. Think about it without punishing yourself or beating yourself up. I want you to think, who was the person I went to with the last five things that I was so upset about? The things I didn't post about on social media, the things that happened behind the scenes that maybe I was really ashamed of or I was angry about. Who did I go to with those things? And now I want you to think, how often am I reaching out to that person in a moment of joy to share some accomplishment, a life milestone, a beautiful secret, something that's wonderful, not something traumatic? Am I balancing that relationship with the full experience or have I just relegated that person to be my dumping ground? They can receive my vomit, my garbage, my anger, my fear, all of which are very valid things and they happen in this very human experience. But am I only directing that towards one person in my life? And do I think of all the other people in my life as the ones who can get my shine? They can get my enthusiasm, my energy, my accomplishments, my positivity, they can receive those things. That's who they're for. Now, on the flip side, I want us to also think about the conversations that are coming our way. Are we only receiving those fight or flight, dramatic, intense crisis conversations? Is that the only thing that's coming towards us? And what does that feel like? And I'm really encouraging you, if you are the one who is identifying with what I'm discussing, being that overlooked background filler person, what does that feel like for you to know that people only reach out when they need a favor? They only reach out when they need help or resources or comforting. And have you ever brought some consciousness to that experience? Has it felt totally normal? Very often on this podcast, we talk about the experience of the adult child. And whether that is the adult child of substance use, mental health issues, neglect, abandonment, whatever it is, maybe you very unconsciously thought, this is the only thing I'm here for. This is the only way I can be valuable in a relationship. This is what is expected of me. I am supposed to be the fixer, the healer, the communicator, the one who can be clear in a moment of crisis. I can figure it out and I can figure it out for you. And that is how I can validate myself. Or maybe it's how I can keep myself safe or relevant or connected or invisible, whatever the word is. And maybe you've never thought about it before because it feels so natural. I'm the fixer. 
I am the one who can fix this for you. I can fix you. Maybe that is something that is so ingrained in us and so validated in our relationships that we've never been able to step outside of it and have some perspective. And I really want everyone listening to be very gentle and accepting of themselves as we're talking about this. This is not about pointing fingers at the people in our lives who rely on us or come to us in those moments of crisis. This is not about punishing them or weaponizing that dynamic. And it's also not about beating ourselves up and feeling so ashamed that we have not done the work to outgrow that role and that dynamic and that we have not sought to validate ourselves in a different way in relationships. Nothing about this is beating ourselves up or punishing ourselves. It's about inviting all of us to the table and saying, yes, maybe I am very skilled in identifying resources or clarifying relationships and situations or communicating very well or figuring things out. But I am also a whole person who has many other aspects to my personality that can also come to the table that are also valid in relationships. And I don't need to just be acknowledged for this one thing. And maybe if I bring some awareness into how I am showing up in situations or what boundaries or lack of boundaries that I'm bringing to relationships, I can shift and find a relationship that is more worthwhile for my wholeness, not just my ability to save everyone or fix someone. Maybe I don't want a pat on the head. Maybe I want connection. And if you're the other person who finds that you are the one grabbing at resources and requiring or requesting emotional labor from the people in your life, there's some reflection that has to go on there as well. Why do I look at this person and think that they are here for me, for this one reason, for this one dynamic? And would I treat everyone else in my life that way? How would other people in my life respond if I only came to them in moments of crisis? If it was only that middle of the night phone call where I'm in tears, but I never check in about anything else. I would also encourage you to look in the mirror and say, what do I look like in that dynamic? If I am only reaching out once every few months and I'm always in chaos, what does that look like? And is that who I truly am? Am I withholding my wholeness from another person and only saying they deserve this one chaotic part? Am I creating that savior complex in someone else? Am I handing over my power for some strange reason that I can't understand? And these are questions to really sit with. I don't think we're going to answer them in one podcast. I think that this is an inner journey and it takes outward practice. And sometimes we get things wrong, right? We try to shift our relationships. We try to communicate more. Maybe we try to set boundaries and we are so awkward about it. And that is happening right on time. Imagine if you were perfect at everything the very first time you did it. What lessons would we learn? We wouldn't learn anything. So I'm encouraging you to be very gentle with yourself as you do this inquiry of saying, how am I showing up in relationships? 
and what do I actually want? And then thinking about, well, what could I do differently? What could I do today to shift my relationships? And I think it's really important to check in with what we desire. And I know that it can sound really simple, but it can also be very complex. So do I have a desire to be unknown, to be the invisible friend, to be that filler person? Because I want someone to rely on me at all times because I don't think I deserve more or I am afraid of being seen or I am afraid of making a mistake. And this is my zone of genius. I can figure anything out. But what I really have a hard time doing is showing up in moments of joy and having someone see me in my accomplishments. So it's about bringing some awareness to what we are doing to sustain these dynamics and what would it feel like to do something different? What would it feel like if this person who has only come to us in crisis came to us in joy? Do we know how to show up and receive them that way? Yes, we could yearn for it, but are we prepared for it? And on the other side, maybe we need to introduce some humility into our relationships a little awareness that other people are not just characters in our story. We are not the main character, and this other person is just an extra on set for the day to help move my plot forward. Maybe we need to think about that and say, what would my life look like if I did not treat people that way? What would my relationships look like if I had to invest in them as much as I am withdrawing from them? What would my problem-solving skills look like if I was not consistently vomiting in crisis on these other people and instead did the work to bring more balance into my universe, to rely on myself, yes, to be interdependent, to connect with other people, but not to instantly outsource the crisis and emotional labor that comes along with it? What would happen then? I have definitely spent a great deal of my life being that overlooked background person, that filler friend, and it has been a journey to step outside of that role. And there were things that were very, very helpful for me in that. And it doesn't mean I did it once and I checked it off the list and I never encounter it again. I mean, people can see me coming from miles away. I am a resource. I can figure anything out. The house is on fire? Call me. You broke your leg? I can fix that. You're scared that your marriage is over? Let's talk it out. I can definitely be that person. And I'm laughing at myself because I know that I have that within me. But through this work, I also discovered I have a lot of other things in me as well. I have realized what is the secondary gain of being the invisible friend but also what do I want to change about that? And while I can't change other people, I can take complete radical responsibility for myself, for how I communicate, what I'm willing to do, what my boundaries are. And I learned about that because I wasn't getting what I wanted in relationships and I was not being seen the way I see myself in relationships. And I brought up so many old wounds, as this relationship work often does. It brings up something you thought you had figured out a long time ago, and you get to face it over and over and over again with a different person in a different setting. 
And you get to bring these things that you've learned to this familiar situation. And while I think this conversation can be really challenging, maybe I've ruffled a few feathers with this conversation, I also think it's really important and it's really human. So I know it's a lot easier to say, oh, I just wish people wouldn't treat me that way or wish they didn't see me that way. But where's the fun in that, right? There's no growth in that. But there is a profound experience of growth in moving through this and cultivating what we want in our lives and in our relationships. I have learned so much about communication and emotional safety and boundaries through this dynamic that I resent, right? And I can look at these situations and say, man, I just wish people saw me in a different way. I wish I was their first person they reach out to when they have great news or they want to celebrate something or they want to invite me because I'm that essential person that they need for something exciting and fun. Now, this podcast will never be one of those things you tune into for the you know, most important five tips and tricks to figure X and Y out. I'm not built that way. It's not how I communicate. I don't think I'm an authority. I think I'm a person who can sit in discomfort and have these conversations, and I love having them. I think they're really important. So I would say, if you are the person who finds yourself in that role, you are that invisible, overlooked, background character filler friend. I would really encourage you to invest in your life, invest in yourself, invest in your joy and your accomplishments. I think it's important to celebrate the small victories. I think it's important to honor and acknowledge your milestones, even if other people don't. I think it's important to invest in who you are physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And not just so that you could be of service to other people when they call on you for help, but so that you can be a fully formed person who's experiencing a beautiful, diverse, interesting, exciting life. I would also encourage us to get curious about the type of relationships that we desire. And maybe they are different than the relationships we feel comfortable with. So maybe we can say, I desire that closeness. I desire that tight-knit friend group. I desire being that essential person that you can't have the party without because I have to be there. But maybe I only feel comfortable in those crisis moments. So what do I do about that gap? And can I increase my tolerance for that love and joy and connection that I yearn for? And how can I do that in little consistent ways? And for anyone who is feeling particularly lonely or isolated in this role, something I can absolutely relate to, I just want to remind you that you exist outside of the gaze of someone else. And what I mean by that is you are so much more than what other people find valuable. And if people are only seeing or receiving this very small part of your personality or your skills or your talents that you don't even particularly like and you don't want to lead with, I want to remind you that there is a big world out there and there are a million opportunities to invest and exercise these other parts of your personality, your life, your spirit, your soul. And it is really okay to do that. 
It is okay to exist outside of the gaze of another person. And it's really powerful and liberating and important when we can do that. I don't want to end this podcast on a negative note. And I know that very often this topic is spoken about with a lot of negativity and finger pointing and all or nothingness. And that's really not what I'm about. I think we are humans having a really complicated human experience, and any time we can introduce some awareness and some compassion and maybe a little room to grow into our relationships, our behavior, our dynamics, we have an opportunity. So that's what this topic is. It's an opportunity to shift some things around, to say, what is it that I want? What is it that I'm willing to do? And how can I get there? And if you're feeling lonely or really isolated or cut off or really small in this role that you're being cast in, I just want you to know that you are not alone. Those inner worlds that we have, those aspects of ourselves that maybe other people are overlooking or dismissing because they don't see value in them, we can create value in them. And they can be really meaningful to us. And it is very liberating to find value in the parts of your life that others cast aside. Because you do not have to exist in the gaze of another person. And there is so much freedom in that. I know that this can be particularly escalated during the holiday season. When you are not the one who is invited to things. You are not the one people celebrate with. But you are the one that people come to with those really challenging family dynamics and situations. So I just want to affirm for you that you are more than what resources you offer to other people. And maybe that's just the mantra you have to tell yourself today to remind yourself that there is wholeness and value to you. Well, until next time, please make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Maybe send this episode to someone in your life that you feel would resonate with it. And I really hope it does spark a powerful conversation between the two of you. I always say in here, that is the purpose of this podcast. It's not about patting me on the back and saying, I'm right. It's about creating connection in our lives and helping us communicate what we want and need. Please also take a moment to like, rate, and review this podcast. And if you have a particular topic that you would like me to discuss, please send me an email at loveletters and mixtapes at gmail.com.